Hello, welcome to the Proletariat Lariat. Uh, this is just Zach today, or tonight. I <laughs> um, want to give shout outs to my co-hosts that want to take a break um, for the week. Uh, especially want to give a shout out to Austin, who right now we will probably have to find the guy who does those uh, ex-WWE guys leaving a prison to represent their leaving the company to join the Indies since Austin has less responsibilities now with DSA and uh, other other things. I just want to give my friend a shout out on there and Maria, DQ and CB as well. Um, yeah, but I'm, um, I'm with a guest. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name's Ian Williams. I used to be Vice's wrestling beat writer from 2015 to 2019. Um, I'm currently a researcher and PhD student in the UNC Department of Communication. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Ian, joining me, Ian. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, pretty fun weather up in Pittsburgh right now. It's the smarch weather is like decent middle of the week, and now it's snowing and ice and hail and rain. It just uh, I, I wanted to get warm so bad. Gosh, I was just complaining about it getting down to like 34 tonight, so I don't feel quite so It's about the same coldness there, but just raining. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it's probably much more consistently warm down in the Carolinas right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good. So do you want to introduce, um, talk about like what got you into wrestling first? Yeah. um, I mean, I grew up in Lexington, North Carolina, which is about 45 minutes north of Charlotte. Um, And uh, I... I was of an age that uh, the first wrestling I saw was that Jim Crockett Promotions uh, kind of classic blood and gut stuff, which, uh, you know, that's what Vince McMahon uh, calls it derisively um, mm-hmm. when he's taking dicks at AEW. Um, but I remember I was at my grandmother's house and it was either 85 or 86. And like, this sounds like it, it, I remember the first time I saw it, it was when Dusty Rhodes was getting his leg broken by the Anderson brothers. Mm-hmm. I was just flipping around trying to find like Saturday morning cartoons. And like I see on this granny, she had like one of those big wooden box TVs, you know, that they had kind of old timey. Um, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is, this is amazing. I mean, I didn't say fuck cause I was like eight, but I, but I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is, uh, this is amazing. Like, who's this, who's this fat guy? Like, why are these people beating him up? And then I was like, no, I want I want him to like get his revenge, which of course he did. And it's it's weird because like I have a hard time placing the year because of course like Dusty was always getting um, his uh, uh, some bone or other broken by the Horsemen, to after which he would have to go on his righteous quest of revenge. So, but I know it was like in the '85 early '86 period, um, uh, just because of the timing. And I was uh, I was more or less hooked ever since then. Um, though I was always definitely like a WCW slash NWA guy more than, more than WWF. Yeah. That's interesting. Like the history with me, like trying to pinpoint my, uh, wrestling history about like where I started. Cause I was a late bloomer. Cause even though I'm born in 92, I missed out the whole nineties cause, cause mm-hmm. my parents would never watch wrestling to begin with. But like, I think I was in the mid two thousands, but there are some interesting like historic, like I remember like one time going to my grand aunt's place and i think there was a smackdown on mm-hmm. it must have been turning time it was the rock it was probably like it might have been scotty too hotty and that was like that was like the first time i saw wrestling wrestling like right. on tv but i never really stuck it was like 2004 2003 probably it was it was after i always say the no way out oh that's my phone sorry yeah <laughs> no, keep going keep going yeah keep going i'm yeah. done yeah 
Yeah. Edit it out. We're yeah, done. Yeah. yeah. Or we don't. It could be Go just ahead. Raw. <laughs> Yeah. That's not the worst. It's thing a human ever. moment. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Key of the moment. Uh, yeah. The uh, 2006, uh, I think it was No Way Out. It was the SmackDown after No Way Out because it was Undertaker, Kurt Angle. They were kind of doing a rematch mm-hmm. from their match. And that set up like Mark Henry coming in to challenge Undertaker at WrestleMania. Like he beat up Undertaker after that. And like, after that, I got hooked into that. But the other interesting thing, like my one side of the family I found is actually more into wrestling than my Pittsburgh find. My mom's side's from Omaha. And uh, yeah, my uncle was uh, married to someone who went to Ted, went with elementary school with Ted DiBiase. Which was that a, wild. Yeah, it's wild. It's like one of those weird things you find that years after getting interested in wrestling and actually talking to people because I was a very shy kid. I wouldn't talk about wrestling. Yeah. It was a really dorky period to get into wrestling, too. It was very ostracizing time like the mid-2000s was like the period where WWE basically had a stranglehold on the culture so people were like when WWE was bad which more or less was from like 2003 through like probably the pipe bomb promo even then that's like a whole period where if you said you're wrestling oh you're into fake stuff it's like you get that in high school and it's no well, it was just yeah it was just bad like um uh, you know i say that like i'm a lifelong fan but like like i do fall away and always yeah. have like periodically and that was one of those like i checked out in like 2002 mm-hmm. uh until you know uh, just like you the pipe bomb right and i kind of like kept one eye on um tapes like i had a really soft spot for uh iwa mid-south which was Ian Rotten's um, uh, quasi-hardcore fed. But, um, you know, I'm watching this, you know, these guys like CM Punk and like Chris Hero and uh, Jimmy Jacobs, who was, Jimmy Jacobs was my favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But like, besides that, like, I didn't even really engage with like Ring of Honor until well after the glory days and stuff like that. And I was just like, God, man, like all I have on TV is WWE and it sucks shit. And I don't want to watch Yeah, yeah, I was... uh... Yeah, I didn't really have much. Pittsburgh doesn't really have much of a... It now has more of an indie scene now. Even though there's, like, one called Inter, uh, International Wrestling Cartel, which has yeah. a really cool history now. I look back. I remember, like, years ago, I listened to, like, Claudio Castanoli, uh, Art of Wrestling, where he really hyped up that promotion, of all things. Like, that was, like, they really paid well for what it did. I think I know the promoter for my... Because the owner works with my aunt at some, like, Navy thing in pittsburgh which mm-hmm. means pittsburgh have a navy facility <laughs> but uh yeah like, there's a river there's three rivers. there's rivers there are three rivers <laughs> but you know like it's like i think it's called bechtel or something it's probably yeah. like some armor like some i don't know uh but yeah like yeah pittsburgh now has like a much more stronger indie scene but even when i was a kid like my parents wouldn't drive me anywhere i didn't learn how to drive until well i was well over 21 uh didn't have a reason to really drive to begin with so it never really convince my parents to let me drive to drive them, them the shows so they would have to go with me yeah and you're like dragging them to like these like little indie shows and annoying yeah. them and i wasn't really into indie wrestling at that point it was yeah. like wwe i would drag them to like the melon arena to see uh armageddon or uh that was one show i saw armageddon i saw a couple smackdowns i think one raw yeah um I saw Royal Rumble. Actually, by myself, I got dropped off to see the Royal Rumble uh, where Batista won the Rumble, which I was very much, I was a very apologist for WWE at that point. Like, I was very in the, in the something awful forums. Like, uh, I was in the positivity crew that was just very, like, blindingly positive to WWE because it was there that or TNA at the time. And I was very just, like, trying to find the bright side and stuff. So, 
I was trying to find the fight site and stuff where Batista won the Royal Rumble, and he pointed at me because I was right behind the WrestleMania sign <laughs> um, where uh, Daniel Bryan had. I mean, he had a really good. Uh, Danielson had a really good match against Bray Wyatt that show. Um, I saw CM Punk's last WWE appearance. Oh, so nice. That's, that's historically good. It'll be interesting that when they come on. AEW comes to Pittsburgh and on 420 Dynamite, maybe CM Punk will make a reference to the last time being there. Is it? Oh, yeah. It'll be, it'll be, well. a, much, it'll be a much better arena because the Pete is much better for wrestling than the PPG arena. Acoustics are awful that place. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible about watching wrestling live. I mean, you know, it would always be like local shows or something like that, but like I've never been to a WWE show, believe it or not, despite like, you know, watching for, uh, you know, 35 years and um yeah just uh i don't know why um i i I, like like i would always the only shows i've been to i went to like one tna show which was down in fayetteville which is awesome because like i got to see sabu and i love sabu um before he retired and i'd seen him i'd seen him in an ecw touring show now that i think about it like late late 90 late late 90s but like besides that like mostly i would just go to a a periodic like shithole show and like some yeah. You know, just 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 whoever they can scrounge up locally to, uh, you know, wrestle, uh, you know, Ronnie Garvin or whoever um, that they can yeah. they can bring up from Charlotte, you know, who's like in the retirement home or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about the yeah the shows I've been to. I I do prefer the much smaller scale. I've been it was hard because Pittsburgh doesn't really have like affordable small arenas, I guess, or venues. So like. A lot of them were just like an hour away, but like when NXT was a thing, when it was very popular and it was like legit a good product, like I was at the, um, they would come to Stay JE in Pittsburgh, which is like right by the casino in the North Shore, right by where Heinz Field and PNC Park are. Mm-hmm. But it's like really nice. You can park at the casino for free and just walk a mile and you just be there. And it's, I went to the show, the Pittsburgh show happened the day Dusty died. So the wrestlers really like were, to like really put a show on for folks. I remember like Kevin o, uh, Kevin Steen coming out and like polka dots. Like he put polka, he drew polka dots on his like album. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was like that. Yeah, and like again, like I've been to a couple of indie shows, like these IWC shows that are like out in like uh, high school gyms, basically, or sports arena. Those are the like, best. Those are the best. Like it's a culture shock from being someone who like was into like WWE and being at the like those are big arenas and you go to an indie show where I'm petrified like talking to the indie wrestlers just walking through with you while the show's like on intermission or like the show's over and they're just like milling around and you're just like oh, do I talk because I went to a show called Rise which was like a all females pro- attempt at all women's promotion and I have like the Matt, I look. I'm looking at the poster now. It's like crazy the talent. It was an Impact Wrestling, IWC, and they just got a bunch of like the best women's wrestlers. That like Britt Baker was the IWC champion, women's champion. They had like all these people that like have gone to different things. Like Nicole Savoy's there, uh, Mercedes Martinez, Shotzi. It just it was a crazy show in retrospect, but it was also like eight hours long because they were like filming like a whole season's worth of TV to thought or like YouTube TV. They thought. Like it was just interesting to just sit and just watch constant wrestling and like periodically the intermission you just hang out with wrestlers and I'm just like I'm just too nervous to talk to them because I always expect you can't just walk up to a wrestler and just try to shoot the shit with them because I think oh 
I'm, they probably want money. <laughs> they want me to buy something from it. It's like one of those things. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, yeah. And, like, you know, the other thing is, is, you know, they're they're normal people, too. And I think that, like, most of them are more than happy to, like, uh, you know, chat or whatever. Um, you know, I've met a few, but, you know, I tend to not bother them. Yeah. You know, particularly, like, after a show, because, like, they're fucking tired, you know? Yeah. Like, um, uh, but it's also hard not to, like, want to, like, you know, go say hey or whatever. But, like, you, you know, I mean, I, I find that whenever I meet somebody famous, like, mostly, if, you, if, if you're not weird right like mm-hmm. they're totally fine you just walk, mm-hmm. you, know, you just walk up and you're just like hey you know like i like your work like shake hands and just walk mm-hmm. off like it's all yeah. good you know um because you're not going to be their homie but like you know i met rob van dam in a waffle house and yeah. he's like hey how's it going he was like hey i was like good show he's like thanks man and then like i fucking left and you yeah. know it's cool but like you know i mean i got to see like i got to meet rob cool. van dam yeah um but then i left right yeah <laughs> it was fine um, and it was like far better and like more genuine, like in its briefness than, uh, you know, the kind of artifice of being either like inside an arena or at like a meeting creator or something like that. Yeah, I did. The, I remember what the Steel City Con, um, Ray Mysterio was there and I didn't have money for it. I just wanted to say hi and his manager was not happy for me. I just like, I just, it, it, there wasn't a line or anything. It was an empty I was surprised. It was just, I guess, got on the wall and just went up saying, Can I just say hi to Ray Mysterio? And his manager just like took five minutes, like, took like a beat to like say, Yeah, you can. I said, Hey, man, I'm just wanted to appreciate all the work you did. And I just walked away. <laughs> no, like, sincerely, like that, like, like that really is the best way to deal yeah. with, yeah. you know, famous people. Because, yeah. you know, uh, uh, there's that. Is that thing in our society, and I think that like we just kind of, you know, it makes all of us. It gets all of us to some extent, right? Where we kind of have ownership of these people and these, you know, things that we like, and uh, you know, as fans, where we think that like we, because we participate as fans or whatever, that we kind of have ownership of these of of these people, or that like they somehow owe us. And I just, uh, you know, like no, you know, which, which which seems like really obvious, right? But also, it, I think it's a lot of times not you know i mean even for the best of us i mean we've all like fanboyed out when we've met like you know a musician that we really like or something like that but you know i just always try to remind myself and uh you know remind other people whether it's like my daughter who might you know meet somebody uh you know famous or something like that like just 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 act normal just don't be weird (laughs) because you know that person eats lunch you know, it's the, you know, it's the old cliche, it's the yeah. old cliche, you know, they put on their pants one leg at a time, but like they do, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Um, it's not a wrestling thing. I just remember this one time that happened was uh, at the Pittsburgh Zoo, my aunt, me, I think my brother was there too. Um, we were just eating and uh, Julia, who's the guy from, the, who's the woman from the Lost World Jurassic Park? I'm trying to think. She was also Big Lebowski. Oh, um, uh, Juliana Moore. Yeah, Julianne Moore. Yeah. Yeah, she was sitting at the like we're at like just eating our lunch there in like the restaurant. She's there, and I think someone noticed her, but we just like stuck away. So, like I'm thinking like she's again. That's a way like I feel like sometimes people just need their time, especially famous people. They don't need yeah. people always asking like how are you like <laughs> yeah or, yeah but yeah but um yeah like my wrestling like there's local promotion that's been really good with Pittsburgh right now is Enjoy Wrestling. I just I really dig it. It's a uh, very queer friendly uh, promotion they're very pushing like everyone enjoys wrestling they have like a uh, i really like how they have an asl interpreter when they do mm. ring announcements they're actually doing that they actually had a nice show at mr small's um 
which is a nice arena near me. Like a venue near us, like so it's actually in the city limits. I can do shows. Had a nice balcony seats. I was next to a Richard fan from the PW Torch, which was kind mm. of fun. I've been him for a couple shows. I've been at an AEW show. It was kind of fun. We were sitting side by side. And I was trying to do the Dave Meltzer thing of writing a notebook. And it's like, now now I know why he writes the way he does. Because I can't do anything. I can't write while things happening. Kind of ruins the enjoyment of the show, actually. Yeah. Well, you also got to like shorthand it because there's just so much stuff that happens, yeah. you know, when it's a live show and everything yeah. like that. So yeah. it, you know, it becomes very difficult because like you can't really rely on your memory or anything like that. Yeah. You just gotta, um, you know, go rapid fire uh, as fast as possible and as thoroughly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. What is, what is the favorite? Like, what is your favorite show you've ever been to? Just like. Oh gosh, I mean, in my limited experience, I think it was uh, it, it was actually at my high school gym after I graduated and it's, it's weird. Cause like, this was like, I don't know, 98 maybe. Right. So this was, uh, you know, internet wrestling stuff had, uh, kind of changed the landscape of pro wrestling where spoilers were, you know, the hot thing. And, um, you know, it was, it was the height of the Monday night wars where, uh, everybody was trying both to like both WWF and WCW and ECW to an extent. We're trying to like work those dirt sheets by kind of like leaking just enough to get people excited about person A jumping to like company B and um, you know all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was um, oh gosh, I can't remember which which website it was. Maybe maybe it was PW Insider. Like they were hiring a writer, right? And I didn't uh, you know despite uh, being in academia now, um, as, as you know, in, in my dotage, I, I didn't finish college, right. When I, when I was supposed to, and I didn't, I, I, like, I didn't really like have a job. I think it was flipping burgers at the time. And I was like, oh man, you know, it would be awesome to like interview some wrestlers and the iron Sheik was there. And, um, you know, cause it was one of those, like, let's bring in one big name, then a whole bunch of like nobodies from like, you know, like part-timers locally. And, um, so I got down there and uh, I arranged for an interviewer with the Iron Sheik. I, I, an interview with Iron Sheik. I didn't know what I was doing, but it had to be after the show. And he was doing his test of strength, um, and uh, you know where he had the the Iranian clubs, which you yeah. had to hold up on end. They weighed like fifty pounds a piece or something like that. Like, maybe not even that much, but uh, you had to hold them on end. Um, and he had to like twirl them yeah. from his shoulders. And he was like, you know, let me get, um, you know, some volunteers. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna do this. So I went into the, I went into the ring and I picked them up and I lifted them up and immediately clocked myself in the head in front of a bunch of people that I like, graduated with and like, like my old teachers and stuff like that. But that's not why, why, why it was my favorite. My favorite was because I, I remember it was, um, uh, there were there were all these guys. The, the next biggest name was this guy Ricky Nelson, R I K K I, and he was just some Southern boy who just like talked shit to the audience. And I remember having such a good time because he got everybody so hot at it. Right, like he was just talking about how like you know everybody in Lexington's just a dumb redneck, and you know I mean like really standard stuff. Yeah, but um, that was when I guess like maybe I started thinking that show was maybe when I started thinking about wrestling more like, I don't know, theoretically or like as a more serious thing rather than just something that you watch. Right. But there's something kind of like magical that happens because 
Um, these are not people, you know, despite the kind of like Southern wrestling fan stereotype of, you know, they all buy it and stuff like that. I mean, nobody knows, like everybody knows it's not real, right? Yeah. And it's like, like the people in the front row were ready to kick Ricky Nelson's ass. Like, like particularly this one old guy, he like, like, like uh, Ricky Nelson had like called his wife like fat or whatever. And this guy's like 70 years old. And, like he's standing up and like security has to hold him back. And I'm just like, man, that is... That's heat. Yeah, that's something else. That's yeah. magic. Um, and if that's magical, like, why is it magical? Right? Like, why does that work on people? Why do they give themselves over to something that they know is not real, but they behave in very real ways about it? Right? And then I think that you can, um, you know, once you start prodding, uh, you know, that magic and trying to unpack it, I think that you can find that kayfabe impulse everywhere i mean you know it, it, it's become fashionable i think to say that like um you know every everything is wrestling um and it's not that i think that everything is wrestling but i do think that everything is kayfabe because mm -hmm. I think it, it's it's a very specific way of engaging with media that um uh, is not just in wrestling although it's most prominent in wrestling which meshes very well with our media landscape now um so it's something that you know becomes kind of applicable to uh a lot of different spheres that you can that you can see well we all know that we live in a very fake world yeah right? <laughs> and, uh, uh, and and we go along with it anyway uh, not because we're dupes or idiots and I, you know sometimes not necessarily because we're depoliticized but because something about us enjoys the fakery you know um, uh, not to pluck it out of like a you know um, a strictly materialist read because I think that that has very material um, outcomes and it arises from very material circumstances, but there is in that immediate that way of uh, you know, the, like like there's like a good cynicism about it, right? Which can like sometimes be bad and sometimes be good, but it is like fundamentally cynical and it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's really fascinating. Like I just my favorite show is kind of tainted with the main event. Like, well, it's like one of my favorite shows is probably this uh, IWC uh, Super Indie Tournament. Um, which is like they, they have a super indie title where they do match where they kind of do like a bola thing where they're just like having like a nice tournament like just single one winner one loser just like they do it uh, Joe Janelle was there Joe Cobb forgot his gear so he had to wear something else um, which was fun um, I think Ophidian no that was a different show where Ophidian was at it um, what else was it um, John Gresham and the main event like the end of the battle was an hour long match Probably one of the best matches I've ever seen. It's been Tayton forever because it was John Gresham versus David Starr. Mm. Um, like it was a masterpiece match, and it's ruined because David Starr is a horrible person. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like it's such a bummer. And that that match, it was a great match. The ride back was hell though. Like it was like an hour away from it, and I think I I didn't drink any water during the show. Mm. I just watched the match for an hour, and there's like bright lights on me, and I was dehydrated. So I'm just driving back with a massive like near migraine, like at like 12 a.m. at night on a Saturday night. It was like the show went long. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to think of other good shows. I've been to um, Battle of the uh, what was it? It was, an, it was the ROH New Japan show they did in Pittsburgh a couple of times. It was uh, uh, my one friend uh, Tharos on Twitter. Shout out to Tharos or Matt. You know, he's a big uh, Twitter wrestling New Japan guy. Mm. Um, we took our picture. We met Minoru Suzuki, who's a really nice guy. It was really sweet to meet him. Um, I think 
I didn't get uh, Will Ospreay's uh, autograph, which in retrospect is not the best, because like, Richard, I'm fine with that, because he's kind of a piece of shit. Um, what else did I see? I saw, um, oh, what the fuck, he's in NXT now. The Back to the Future. Oh, God, I'm, I'm blanking on that. I haven't watched NXT in a minute. But he's a New Japan wrestler. Uh, he, he wrestled with Alex Shelley, Time Splitters. Name's escaping me, too. That's sad to look it up for a second. <laughs> like, as I'm thinking of it, can you think of other shows that are noteworthy that you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I did get to see ECW. Um, That's, yeah. Yeah, so I got to see the ECW Dudley Boys, and I got to see New Jack jump off of uh, off a ledge five feet from me. Um, oh, man. Which is fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, like, 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 it's still one of the craziest things I've seen in my life, because he had Joel Gertner on a table... And it was like it, it was like at a nightclub in Raleigh, and um, you know it, it, it had you know a balcony um, that we were all standing on. Right, it was like two levels. But the problem was was that like the the middle of the ring that Joel Gertner was in was like had to be no shit ten feet away from the balcony that that New Jack jumped off of. And he walked right by us and like security like actually shoved me and my friends and they were like, make way for New Jack, right? And like New Jack gets on the balcony and we're just like, what is like it was it, it felt like legitimately the guy was going to commit suicide. And he just like he just nailed it like perfectly. And it was and then he just like got up like nothing happened. And I was just like, This is it's a crazy guy. He was a crazy guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I like I got to see uh, the Dudley boys uh, pre WWF. Um, yeah, when they got real, like, crowd right. Oh, my God, man. Like, yeah, they were, you know, again, I mean, it was like that Ricky Nelson guy. It just, like, yeah. cranked up. I mean, they just they just laid into this hippie guy with dreadlocks and told me he had, like, shit locks. And, like, you know, <laughs> like, they were going to beat his ass and stuff. And yeah. he got all mad. Then other people got mad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's people that like to work a crowd. It's a lost skill, I find. Yeah. I mean, you know, they work it, they just work it in different ways. I mean, they're just not going to, you know, like, like most people don't do that. Right. And like, by the way, like the Dudley boys, you know, it's like, you know, they, they shouldn't do things like that. Yeah. It, that's a thing that's a, a product of its time that in retrospect was pretty shitty. Like just. Right. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. But like that recognition that is part of his time does not mean that it was not amazing to see in person right mm-hmm. like just the power that these people had over the crowd mm-hmm. um, yeah. they just they just absolutely uh, uh worked them yeah. um, and then sabu and rvd came out and beat their asses and like everything yeah. was really happening and it was yeah happening, so. yeah it was kashida that was who i okay. saw kashida like yeah it was like oh man yeah yeah my memory black hole because like it's crazy, like how much, like when I talk about wrestling, like NXT was a big part of like my revival and wrestling. Because I've, I've had multiple, like you said, like you're, uh, there's downs and ups in this wrestling. Like for me, it was 2006, 2007. One, them all was my favorite wrestler. He did his horrible thing, that cratered a little bit, especially since everyone knew I was a Ben Walmart. Everyone like just say, hey, did you hear your favorite wrestler killed his family and himself? It's like that kind of put things in ice. And I think I was getting a TNA at the time. I saw a TNA show actually in my college, I Indiana University of Pennsylvania. They did a show there a couple times, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. But uh, I was waiting there, and then the pipe bomb happened. I get back invested into it, and uh, 
I stuck around and I think there was another waning period somewhere in there. Or maybe I stuck around and NXT really buoyed it. And then like, that's 2020. As I'm on, again, shout out to something awful for wrestling forums. They kind of burnt me out of wrestling just because it became such a negative, yeah. hate-watchy type place. I'm like, I get it. You don't like that. I'm like the one guy who still likes NXT. I was like the person who like kept going after the Gargano Ciampa feud, where I think a lot of people like were tired of how NXT became like guys looking at their hands weird and and uh, overwrought Triple H uh, matches, which I'm a mark for. Which <laughs> I like overwrought shit sometimes. So and, like I was very just like being burnt out. And then by the time I was getting that, I was getting the left organizing like DSA organizing, so I like had to like take away wrestling because it was I needed something else to invest my time in. And now I've with AEW in twenty twenty. I didn't watch anything during COVID. I think that also killed a lot of interest. Because mm. I couldn't watch the empty I couldn't really watch yeah. the arena matches. It was just like or whatever like this multiple screen. I just like I couldn't like I, I felt I mean I knew it was probably for the safe it was obvious for the safety reasons. Also like they had to do it because like they probably weren't gonna get TV if they just like stopped doing shows. But it was yeah, just- and yeah, it was it was really amazing to me. And I mean, you know, I I just I'm, I'm glad AEW came around. And like, by the way, like I'm not like an AEW super fan. I, yeah, there's 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 a lot on AEW that that is not to my taste, um, mm-hmm. which is fine because um, there's you know wrestling is you know a land of contrast. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. There are a lot of. You know, there's 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 stuff for everybody, but um, uh, I, I am glad it came around because the like I haven't watched WWE since I think the 2019 WrestleMania, maybe the 2020. I think it may have been the pandemic one, and I wasn't watching much then uh, mm-hmm. because it, it's like as as bad as it was, at least the crowd was there and into it. And like once the crowds disappeared, man, I, I was shocked at like how much. Uh, how much of like my enjoyment of, of wrestling is just people being there and yeah, which I guess I shouldn't, right? Because like that's what got me into it. And the you know the most the, the most magical yeah. moments from live wrestling are not about like whatever some wrestler did, mm-hmm. right? Like because because I can see what the wrestlers do on mm-hmm. TV. It's about them doing something and then people reacting to it, mm-hmm. and it's about that interplay, which is which is that's what gets me so amped up so once the crowds were gone were, were done and i mean you know it was it was it was weird timing because like i stopped writing for vice at 2019 um because there was like a vice sports and it was a vertical and then they decided to collapse their verticals and they didn't want to have vice sports so everybody got laid off and, i mean i was just like a featured columnist so i was a freelancer anyway mm-hmm. but like legitimately i had like stopped and joined uh wwe which was mostly all that there was to write about <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, besides the occasional like New Japan show, um, by the time that like the job was over, and like I like, it, it, let me be very clear that I uh, that I was and am very lucky to have the jobs that I have and being able to write for a living and to think for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, don't misread me. It ain't digging ditches, and people have like much harder jobs than I do. I am a lazy piece of shit, and I have <laughs> you know, I have I've, I've lucked out. Um, yeah. But uh, I like I was I was ready for something else because mm-hmm. it was so like WWE just was so friggin' bad and has like stayed bad like consistently bad yeah um, just unwatchable um, 
and then like you take away the crowds on top of that and i was i was ready in 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 the absence of like aid and and new japan was starting to get like you know kind of like it wasn't clicking like it was in like 2016 um so like you combine that stuff and like i like i was ready to check out for another 10 years you know you know like i did with uh what you know for like five years with like wcw and wwf's kind of like new generation stuff like around 91 this i check out until you know uh uh 96 wwf started to get good uh and so, so i checked back in but i was ready to do like another like 10 year like I yeah it's and like i like more respect to those who work media and stuff like that like you, you know i'm not the most knowledgeable guy about this or that match like i got all the love for uh you know people like Meltzer, David, uh, David Bixon's band, you know, people that are like, like do very different things, but that are like real historians of, mm-hmm. you know, the minutia of wrestling, right? Because, yeah. boy, you know, some of that is just so, so, so bad. Yeah, you know? they have to brute force through it. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think like the last W day, like, I would say... At least WrestleMania's thinking. WrestleMania 30 is probably the last really legit good WrestleMania. That was like that was so good. Brian winning the title, like them being able, like being forced kicking and screaming to let Brian win the title. Like Triple H for all his, it's always fine. Triple H for all his faults, he would like he's really good at like putting people over. I wish he did it more. Yeah, he can't. I mean, now he can no longer like put himself over because he has a defibrillator in his chest now, basically, which that sucks for him. I. Also, I always felt it was kind of weird. I mean, I know he's been, a, I know he's a shitty person. But it just feels like the dancing on his great, like dancing on like him retiring because of like him nearly dying so much. But. Well, I, you know, I always, I always wonder about like Triple H being, uh, you know, a shitty guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's, I mean, yes, right? It's but like he never struck me as like a Hogan figure. Right, Um, and I think that that one of the one of the one of the qualitative differences between the two Mm. is that Hogan kind of helped create the uh, the particular kind of politics that he was so good at, right? Mm. Whereas Triple H already existed in that world, right? Like I don't know how you get ahead otherwise. You know, it's kind of like the way that like we all talk about how like. Kevin Nash is fucking awesome because, you know, he did the, you know, he got the maximum gain for the least amount of work and stuff yeah. like that. And he's kind of like explicitly like left leaning and stuff like that. Yeah. Very working class attitude. <laughs> right. And like, but like, you know, functionally, I know that Triple H marries Stephanie, which is, which is another thing, which is like, I think that we also have to take people at their, like, we have to take Triple H and Stephanie McMahon at their word that like, they actually really do love each other. Right, mm-hmm. that like it wasn't just for you know some kind of like ladder climbing on Triple H's part. That yeah. he, he, he does, but like like he seems to right, and like these are masters of media, right? So yeah, and, you know, yeah. we have to be skeptical. But you know, there there, there does seem to be something there. Um, but like you know, a, Triple H in like nineteen ninety eight, right, mm-hmm. or like two thousand or something like that, doesn't strike me as like that different than what like Hall and Nash were doing, right? Yeah you know not really so i just kind of wonder um you know and, and and i also think you know one, one of the knocks on him is that you know he buried people 
and he was a champion for too long and he shouldn't have been champion of hair champions right exactly but the thing is is that like if you look at the history of wwe it's always reign of terror champions right yeah. like like we know that now with like 20 years of hindsight is there anything functionally different right like i know the backstage pol politics are different is there yeah. anything different from triple h always having the title and roman reigns or john cena having the yeah. Title? yeah no right so like you know shit on triple h for the right reasons which is that you know he's he fucked over Bret Hart like he was right like, you know oh. it, you know it's like it's, it's like either the small things or the kind of like huge structural thing like oh he's part of this you know massive corporation which you know shits on its workers and stuff like that which mm -hmm. is also something that like we all get swallowed up yeah on. there's yeah. also the abuses with the performance center like him like wanting like build them on and stuff like that like, yeah and that's and, and and that's one of the um that's one of the inexcusable things. Like, 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 Demont should have never had that job. And once it became apparent um, that yeah, I'm, I'm going to work myself into a shoot like defending Triple H, but you know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't actually mean it that way, right? I'm just saying that, like, I think like, like, there's this weird way that Triple H is circumstantial to like his own presence yeah. in pro wrestling history, where he's just like the, the right guy at the right time, um, who did what pretty much everybody else did, but catches a lot more heat for it than. You know a lot of other people yeah i always find it interesting like the i mean i would probably do the same thing with the super indies even though it's like nxt trying to book it that way i mean take the best indie guy do what worked for djf back in the territory where they just took the best talent and then like like took them and used them and you might kill the rest of the territory but like again it's like I, yeah it's I think it's more that they would be wrestling WWE, which most people just don't like the style of WWE. They don't like seeing their rest, favorite wrestlers being forced to do a style that's just not appealing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, I do think one of the sillier things is calling him fast just because he uses Lemmy stuff. He's just, he's just Lemmy Mark. That's why he has, like, all the iron crosses and stuff, which is more problem with Lemmy than... Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's also a dungeon and Like, he's very into, like, that 80s heavy metal stuff. Yeah, right, and and uh, you know I think that we always want to like read. I mean, you know, I I, I play Warhammer forty thousand, right? So yeah. I mean, you know, when it comes to like you know fashion Jason yeah. imagery, yeah, like, trying to figure out what's 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 real, and what's yeah. what's not, what's lampooning, what's that tire, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I you know I've always maintained that like um, you know it's it's like the ECW thing where like no, it shouldn't have been done has to be like historicized and contextualized around you know whatever you know you know where um uh, where triple h grows up what he does you know and like and and, and sometimes like how fucking smart he is right like most yeah. people use the game <laughs> you know like like, yeah. like he's not really thinking you know about you know just like an iron cross yeah. You know, crossing the skull on his like Conan throne. Right? Yeah. He's just he's just being a big dumb meathead. Yeah. Um, which is you, you know, like that's I'm not saying it's good, right? Yeah, but I, I we am about, Yeah, we were talking about like Scott Hall last week about the Razor Ramon gimmick being kind of a weird cultural appreciation. I, I don't think Carl, I don't think Scott Hall was thinking much more than watching Scarface one time and seeing uh, uh What's his name? Al Pacino. Right? Al Pacino. I, I, yeah, just seeing that, and it's like, yeah, I can do that. That sounds cool. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, is like the movie itself is like Al Pacino, an Italian American guy, is playing. Yeah, he's playing know, a, a Cuban, Cuban man. A, a Cuban caricature, right? Yeah. And like, 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 like the Razor Ramon character is not a Cuban. It is yeah. Al Pacino, it, 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 or uh, uh, Al Pacino. I almost said yeah. Al Pacino. 
Um, yeah. Right. So like he's just aping this 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 media figure, and he just doesn't know the context. Is that, yeah, that's exactly like Triple H yeah. being like, fuck yeah, yeah, like look at that skull, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. That's like, it looks cool. <laughs> I will say though, like for Triple H, a plus on Triple H is my time is still a banger of an entrance theme. That's like probably my favorite Triple H theme. That's not like a Motorhead one. The, uh, the one that sounds like a Rage Against the Machine, the one that goes. Like, yeah. 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 Kind of, yeah. That weird, like Rage Against the Machine. Uh, uh, DX. Like, yeah. That knock DX guy, they got knockoff. <laughs> it's very yeah. strange. Yeah. Uh, very very strange yeah but yeah we've been talking for a while i think maybe we can get like now that we talked about wrestling that what we've been interested in like doing some background on our hobbies like they talk about dynamite but yeah just see how that show went yeah um i thought it was really enjoyable i mean you know the kickoff uh well i mean unless you want to do the you want to introduce yeah, can, yeah i mean i'm you're in the interviewer is interviewing the okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine you know? yeah it's fine it's a yeah but um yeah like i i would say yeah one of my highlights would be probably the opening match of uh cm punk for stacks hardware to uh bret hart marks going at it on the anniversary of wrestlemania 13 like so yeah he like uh i i'm i'm coming to grips with the fact that cm punk is my favorite wrestler um and I've, I've, I've written this multiple times, most recently when uh, Daphne died. Um, mm-hmm. Because I made mention of CM Punk and Daphne, where, like, for a working class punk rock gothy kid like me uh, of a certain age, the legibility of CM Punk, Jeff Hardy, Daphne, you know, these figures is so, like, it's so palpable right like i i knew kids like cm punk and men like cm punk if i'm not like him um if if i'm not one of them and um i just loved his comeback so much and he's doing i i don't know if it's his best work i think it's some of my favorite work right like just he he hit things and that match, that match with Dax Harwood was just, um, uh, just like, I am, I, I, I try to negotiate this, right? Where like, I am, my tastes are, and, and outlook on wrestling are more like Jim Cornette's than I want them to be. Yeah. Right? It's just that like, I, Jim Cornette's an asshole and I'm not, but like, I like almost the exact same things that Jim Cornette does. So when you have like a beefy, like Arn Anderson region, and fucking CM Punk, right? Like doing a match and doing like just like a good technical, uh, you know, mid-sized guy match of the type that like I grew up loving with like Tully Blanchard and Ric Flair and you know all these guys, uh, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, um, uh, Midnight Express, you know, like like it was that type of match that I grew up watching. And I just like I I adored it, right? Like you know, it was it's 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 not gonna go anywhere it's not the start of a big feud but it was just like such a good solid like opener with two two guys i really like so yeah i loved that match yeah i i did too most i like that it was like just a cool ass match because that's what AEW needs to do more with their roster they need to just have cool ass they don't need like i feel like a lot of dynamite is just having just matches that follow a storyline something they need they need to sprinkle in especially with the roster now size getting bigger and bigger they need to like have more 
hey, we're going to have these the, these two different guys. They're not going to feud. They're just going to have a cool match. We'll play as an opener. It's like something to really get the crowd pumped up. Yeah. And yeah. yeah and, like, and like the other thing is, I think that like WWE has kind of trained us to, to do like every match has to have this big storyline presence. And I know that things happen with Billy Gunn's kids, um, yeah. uh, you know, there. But like, you know, WWE over the past 20 years has trained us that like you can't just really have too many of those cool matches but um yeah like you can't like that's what wrestling used to be like you know mm-hmm. yeah just cool matches like that's that's why new japan became popular also like yeah. basically that's why i mean there were stories obviously but it's like just all of it was just especially i mean just especially with their tournament style like always having like a tournament because i think right now the new japan cups happening right now i haven't really been following new japan in a while I've heard it kind of dip down, and also I'm not getting up at like five in the morning to watch New Japan. Yeah, that's a problem. Like, 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 like you know, be, your 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 promotion has to be hot to get me up, yeah. like super early, or like trying to you know go through poor Google Translates figuring out yeah. how to subscribe yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. I will say also Dax has a mean sharpshooter. Like I always like everyone makes yeah. fun of him. that was a really slick. That was like they have a bunch of guys who can do good like sharpshooters or scorpion deathlocks because i think garcia also has a really gnarly one too like his bridging one but uh yeah it was a good match i mean even though it's supposed to be it's not gonna lead to a cm punk dax feud but they still like they set up a feud between ftr and billy Gunn's kids like that's like the uh ass boys as they call it yeah. <laughs> which um yeah it's just who are basically the most goofy people I've seen on Earth. <laughs> like, yeah, they're very yeah. goofy, but like it's fine. Like you know, they're yeah. not like appreciably goofier than like you know, yeah, uh, you know the the new Hollywood blondes kind of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. New blondes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then after that was the eight man tornado tag match, which I always like a match which a Texas tornado match in Texas, and I Sting is just an insane person. I don't know what Darby Allen did to Sting. He just made him. It's become a spot monkey, basically. Yeah, and like you know, he keeps there. There was that weird... that jump, that dive he made. I was terrified because he looked like he was about to fall. Like, so like I was, I was more worried when um, uh, I can't remember who was trying to do a Hurricane Rana to uh, Sting there at the end, and you know, but the last spot where um, Sting did the um, uh, the Scorpion Death Drop, but like he. He, he didn't land it right, and then it turned... Maybe one of a private party, I think. Yeah, and it turned into kind of like a dragon sleeper, but then like it looked like Sting was trying to get up, but like couldn't, and I was just like... Oh, I hope he didn't tear something. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was sitting there, and I was like... Sting did pretty well. I mean, I, I'm glad that, like, he yeah. was able to have the wear for all to turn into a dragon sleeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I worry about I worry about Sting, cause, and, 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 and you'll see him like get up from the mat after he pins somebody, he's got to put his hands on the ground, which like I'm an out-of-shape 45-year-old, so... I, I know that kind of like old man kind of thing where like you just can't like stick yeah. like you just can't stand up like like by like uncrossing your legs yeah. you know or like you know getting up um, so you know I can know that I, I know that and I'm just like man that's crazy but I, I also really enjoyed this match I, it, it was it was fun um, yeah uh, I like I like spot fests when they're really violent and not when they're like more balletic you know yeah um, Darby. Darby taking that stairs bump was like, and plus, like I'm not the biggest fan of Darby, so if he does like stupid spunts like that, I'm not that torn off about him. Well, I mostly don't want anybody like, uh, you know, to like yeah. die. Yeah, and, and like that guy's gonna, 
Somebody's got a top. He's got a death wish. Like, if there's a wrestler that has a death wish, it's Darby Allen. Yeah, and I mean, I know that's, like, part of his gimmick and stuff like that, but, like, just the coffin drop is not... You know, you see him do, like, the coffin drop on the apron and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, where somebody rolls out of the way and he's just landing at a at an odd, like, 45-degree angle. Yeah, he's going to break. And I'm just like, bud, you don't want to do this, right? It's not... <laughs> You're going to regret it, like, 10 years from now. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably yeah. regret it sooner than that. Like, that yeah. is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, but I, sound like, I sound like Jim Warren. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, the... Uh... I, I don't really have the coffin job because it does like it's one of those suspension disbelief moves because he's not he's just a skinny guy and I don't know how it's a finisher where he's just like like I guess if if someone jumped like his sides to jump on me I would probably knock my wind out to, like hit yeah. yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. like the butcher looks like a killer though I love the butcher like his look right now he's like completely jacked yeah. now like, yeah he, I forget what band he was in like I know that broke up and I guess he just spent it like just gaining. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's freaking huge now. And yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I th- I think he's the breakout star of, yeah. of that yeah. group. Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to think what was next in the show. It was probably uh, uh that was the uh, oh, uh yeah. Moxley and Danielson versus Varsity Blondes. Yeah, which I'm, I hope the Varsity Blondes just. I was wondering if they were they do something with like uh, Julia if they were swerving us thinking because everyone's been thinking oh Julia's joining the House of Black where she's like. Looking like a Twin Peaks character. Julia Hart's the best, like one of the best parts of the show. Like, yeah, her just, yeah, her, she's really committing to the bit. Like, she's doing it much better than, than. Like, I don't like the disparage performers really. Like, I think Alexa Bliss, with given the material she got in WWE, from what I saw, like, I think she did as best she could with the material given to her with that weird, uh, fiend gimmick stuff. <sighs> yeah. I will say for the Fiend stuff, it's a dumb gimmick. It gave Tom Savini a lot of money because he they that's where they were getting all the monster stuff was Tom Savini from Dawn of the Dead fame. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Local Pittsburgh. He was giving they, they, he was paying local Pittsburgh businesses uh, money for that stuff, which uh, yeah made, made the spider. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the Julia Hart thing is is like she's doing a lot of good she, for a person her age she's doing a lot of good character work she really is like, like she doesn't have to say a word she's just kind of sulking but like I, I do think it's telling that like we're talking about Julia Hart sulking in the corner and not about like the match because I'm going to say something controversial I don't know that I love like for two guys that I love I don't know that I love the Moxley and Brian Danielson yeah. like I don't know that it's doing it for me I understand what they want to do is like you know they have a super tag team and they add to it and they have these like you know, these kind of, like, badass, like, wrestlers, you know, and, like, violent guys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Blackpool Combat Club, I think, is a terrible name. Yeah. Um, they could have come up with a better name. Yeah, I just, um, you know, and, and, and I know really, you know, people really like it. I, I, I do like Regal there, you know, it's kind of like, you know, English means turn dad and everything like that. But, um yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of feels like you have two, like, really tip-top guys who you put into a tag team because you've just got too many top guys. Yeah, you need, you need like, a, maybe they get Claudio. That'd be a great trio. Yeah, that would be okay. Like, you know, violent Claudio would be would be really nice. Just because it would be the connection with him and Regal, because I think he was Regal's last match. I think Claudio retired Regal, so it'd be just uh, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be cool, but... Yeah. I'm also just not hot in the varsity blondes, to be honest. Like, Brian Tillman Jr., I think, is, like, I don't mean to be a dick, but he's kind of like a nepotism thing. Like, he's, he coasts a lot on that name because he just seems like a mediocre wrestler, I find. 
Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I'll t- I'll I'll say a controversial thing maybe here, but like I I'm pretty sure that like pro wrestling just in general is like oh yeah all the way up yeah it's like like, like like that doesn't bug me, and even his politics don't bug me that much because it's just like uh, you know unless you're doing the fucking who is it Drake Maverick kind of QAnon kind of shit like I think you're thinking of uh, the Braun Strum that. Uh... A choose your narrative thing that weird promotion Braun Strowman. Oh started. no, I'm thinking of oh Drake words. Yeah. Drake words. Yeah, Drake words. Sorry, if you listen to this, I got the wrong, the wrong Drake. Uh, no, it's I meant, <laughs> yeah, I meant yeah, I meant Drake words. Like if you're not doing that, like it's just uh, you know you have to or David like, Starr stuff. If you're doing like yeah. like horrible stuff like that, like, yeah, like, like like you kind of just have to like live your contradictions if you're going to be at, like at all have kind of like a rational politics um, mm-hmm. or even just not be grossed out by people if you're going to watch pro wrestling. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like the, like the number of like legitimately good people you know you can count on one hand, maybe two. Some of them are dead, like Bruno San Martino is like. Like the Roberto Clemente of wrestling, basically, and he's gone. He's been gone for a few years now. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they're just they're out there, but like, it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Even like good ones, like John Cena, I think is a legitimately good person. Like he said some fucked up shit, like, but he's, I think he's legitimately one of the better people. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. I, and like, and like, and like, legitimately, like, like, like saying fucked up shit every now and then, like, it's uh, you know, I don't love it, but it's okay because it's pro wrestling, and like, it's. It's a history of just being like, you know, people, you, you can't pluck pro wrestling entirely out of the context of its existence, right? Like yeah. it's, you know, the drug use and the misogyny mm-hmm. and violence, um, uh, and mental health and you know, the labor issues and stuff like that. Like, um, uh, it's, it's, it's never going to be entirely separate from that, right? So you kind of yeah. have to you know, live with a certain discomfort there. So, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. like talking about cancel culture on his jacket. Yeah, or like his like friendship with Teddy Hart, who is like a legitimate like a horrible. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's like the thing. It's like I get bring up like, but then it's association. It's like, yeah. Let well, it's uh. I think Griff has a bigger upside as a wrestler, though. Like, I think Griff could be a breakout guy. I think, even though he looks like Jungle Boy, like he, like <laughs> he has, that's gonna hold him back. <laughs> like Jungle Boy, but like I think he's, he's got a really good drop kick. He's got like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think I think Jungle Boy's gonna be. I'm, we're getting away from the matches, but I think Jungle Boy's gonna gonna actually be legit. I think he's I think he's a star despite his build. I mean, yeah. You know, if Adam Cole can be, you know, a, a big star, and I know he's bigger than Jungle Boy, but he's not that much bigger. He's got mm-hmm. what, you know five six years on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Think yeah, I think that is like yeah, interesting. Um, next thing was the MJF promo, which I think when we we watch on Zoom like with our crew and we just watch, and I think the MJF promo was like we were like uh, like I was into it. The only thing that was throwing me off was like calling Wardlow a pig. I felt that really was. I know he's trying to be a heel and like. I was I was getting worked. I mean, I don't think I was getting worked. I was just like, yeah, this is kind of like he's going to his shtick, and I don't really like MJF's shtick because I feel it feels very like we bring up like Dudley Boys and those. It feels like further back to that, but it's like I love it. I, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's there's sometimes. I mean, I can handle it more than other people. I watch like I want to shout out to the WrestleSplania crew. Like yeah. when they're bored, I watch it with them. They're kind of more like this isn't like good for like they just don't don't dig it it's like i don't mind like it's just like we all have different fans and stuff yeah and listen i you know i get it 
uh, you know, a bit, right? right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, I do think, yeah. uh, like, it's just, uh, you, you can't argue with the results, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I think it's, that's the result. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't think of too many, one, I can't think of really any heels that don't get cheers for being mm-hmm. cool, right? Yeah. And he doesn't. Right. Yeah, that's what I love. I mean, that's legit. Like, he does not. Get, he doesn't get X Pac heat, which I think is a misnomer. But like, he doesn't get like yeah. that bad go. He doesn't get go away heat. I think people sometimes say. I don't think he. I think he gets legit heat. Like, yeah, yeah, it's legit. And um, you know, the other thing is, is he's he's getting that like Dudley Boys heat without being like, without being overtly gross. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like that's that's also a rare thing, right? Cause, yeah. You know, it's 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 very easy to do the thing where you know you make some kind of like you know racist comment or sexist comment or something like. That. You know what Dan Lambert does if we want to bring up Dan Lambert, right? Like, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, and like uh, MGF's not that guy, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think someone actually I was talking on our DM, my friend. A shout out to Sauce. I just like shouting out my friends, honestly, but. uh she brought up that it came off very landlordish from MJF, his promo about like, or a small business tyrant type way about how he was treating Wardlow. And I think it's also a pastiche on WWE contracts. Like, yeah, about, yeah, like, yeah. like basically you're they're trying to do, he's trying to do like a 90 days. You can't compete at all. It's like, you work for me type deal. Yeah. It's like very, there's kind of like, like, there's some class labor dynamics with this MJF Wardlow thing that I appreciate. And I, I think Wardlow's a good promo. I think his, He's gonna get there. He has a re- he has a really re- what I like about Wardlow is he's one of those wrestlers that his voice looks like the person. Some wrestlers they have a great look yeah. and they talk like notori- I think Brock Lesnar's kind of one of those guys. Yeah, Bobby Lashley, like Bobby Lashley's another one of them. Yeah, uh, Wardlow has that like deep like he could be a superhero like he has that like or supervillain like he just has like a good like voice gravitas to him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I. Uh, uh, Wardlow is going to be a star. Yeah, a star, right? It, it, it won't be MGF, uh, MJF's work, but he will owe a debt to MJF, which is another yeah. reason why, like, you know that MGF is actually good because he makes yeah. everybody that he, yeah. that he wrestles like look better. Yeah. So I like to be. I like to be do a victory lap with Wardlow because I remember when people first signed and people were kind of making fun of his name, like Wardlow. The fuck type of name is that? Is that? Yeah. And because he, he was an uh, IWC go back Pittsburgh Indies, he was an IWC guy. He was like he wrestled in the Indies here. He has a really good running shooting star press, which I hope he starts doing. Like uh, I hope he diversifies his. Yeah. Even though people love the powerbomb, and I love his powerbomb symphony. It's just like because it's it's very Batista esque, and I'm just like I can't wait for him to like. I hope it doesn't last. Like I hope they don't like drag out like the whole like oh you can't because it'll get old like at some point. I think they try doing this like. They can, yeah, it's a fine line, I think. They have to, like, really, like... Yeah, like, they can't, like, drag it on too much. But they, yeah. need, to, they need to find the perfect time for it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we had an ROH match. Uh, we had Jay Lethal versus Adam Cole. I've seen that in an ROH. They brought it up. I think Jay Lethal's heading toward ROH. Or he kind of hinted in Rampage, I think, that, like, he needs to do something else to win. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really the biggest fan of Jay Lethal. And like, no, I wasn't either. Like, he was. Um, yeah, I won't. I won't go too far back. I'll keep it on this. But like, you know, I was such a fan of the Black Machismo gimmick, and when he was doing his, you know, kind of like comedy stuff and in TNA, yeah. and I know that he's, you know, that's not what what he wanted to do forever. But he was like so good at that, um, and I yeah. hate 
like comedy wrestling. Yeah, uh, comedy bullshit. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like, yeah. I'm, no fun. No fun, Ian. Just like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 When, yeah. when dudes like beating each other, like, 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 like I don't get Dan Housen. Right. Yeah. Like Dan Housen. Well, Maria would. You, you broken Maria's heart. <laughs> uh, okay. But, you know, yeah. again, like, you know, there's, there's such a diversity. For everybody. I think that's right. what AEW's strength is. They try finding something for everybody. I agree. Like, you know, it, I can I can wait five minutes and then you know, there's something that I really like. Yeah. And this yeah, was like this was fine. Um, you know, I I, uh, uh, I like Adam Cole. Uh, I don't know exactly. I don't know if it's time for him to go against Hangman yet. Um, but they're gonna do it, so you know we'll see how it turns out. I wanted yeah. him to like, because like you know if Cole doesn't win, then you know I think he's diminished because I mm-hmm. think he's like he can't he can't eat a loss in the way the same way that that Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson can, you know. Yeah, I think I saw like some of Meltzer was saying is like I think the second highest uh, part of the show was the Cole Hangman thing. So they needed, they wanted to run it again. Yeah. For Battle of the Belts, I think that's what I was hearing for the all-powerful Dave Meltzer from his uh, wonderful office, which we all replicate in how we operate. I respect the guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, let me see. Like, yeah. It's interesting. I wonder if Jay Lethal, because he's already going to be at this ROH show versus one of my favorite guys, new guys, Lee Moriarty. Again. Yeah, out the Moriarty you have seen wrestle some really good like seen wrestle already and enjoy wrestling. He's a really good guy. Um, he's I hope he was one guy I was hoping if they were to do like the dojo thing with Danielson and Moxley and Wheeler Regal. I think Wheeler Utah getting involved in that's good because that's a good change in his yeah his thing because I think he's just lost in best friends, which is kind of like the comedy faction. They're just they the, like best friends, yeah because yeah, yeah. they're best friends. You know, it's like I think uh, Wheeler can use a change in scenery but uh yeah like Cole like I I could see a battle of belts with like um Red Dragon take like uh going after the tag I could see Red Dragon winning the tag titles but Cole's still losing yeah the reason I think Red Dragon winning because they rampaged like let's give a little spoiler like, they like did the, they did the same thing at the um Cole did where Cole stole the tag. He stole the tag belts. Like they just both stolen the belts. So like, I think uh, yeah. Like, I think if anyone who's gonna win a tag title a belt, it's probably gonna be the Red Dragon. Because I think we're getting to the point where the uh, Jurassic I keep calling them Jurassic Express, even though they stopped using that. Um, I think we're near the end of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's time for Jack. Uh, Jungle Boy to like start like spreading his wings a little oh, bit. Oh no, Lucasaurus is gonna like absolutely fucking destroy Jungle Boy and turn on him, and it's going to be the hottest story. Yeah, like, yeah. Christian, Christian and Christian and Luchasaurus will just beat him up. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, it'll be amazing. Um, what was the thing after that? Um, that was the uh, we. The really fucked up promo with uh, this is like the first hour of the show was really great, and then like it really took a dip in quality. Yeah, I, I I was dipping in and out of that second hour on a rewatch. That's, I was like, yeah, the the Sammy Guevara. Pro- I, he, I'm glad he actually did an actual promo because I I really don't like his like in between promos doing the Matt Hardy. I don't know if you ever seen the Money Matt Hardy when he was in the ROH. Yeah. That promo where they played the solo version of his theme song, <laughs> and he's just flipping cards. But like, I'm glad to give him a promo. I'm, unfortunately, the content of the promo is not the most best thing with like him just 
like Dan Lambert. I mean, I like the Dan Lambert gimmick of him calling himself. I like how every TNT champion I've learned has like own twist on their uh, belt, like especially belt design. Like I've heard like all of them have different designs based off the wrestlers. And like, I like how Scorpio Sky is, he just gave Dan Lambert the uh, TNT, like the other title is to make him co-champion. That's a good heal move. I wish, like, Dan Lambert is, like, an enigma to me, because, like, when he does, like, some of his shit is really good. Like, when he does baits, like, he doesn't, when he doesn't do his boomer, like, what's that comedian from the early 90s? Bill Hicks-type bullshit, where he's, oh, yeah. like, very transgressive. He, some, I think, like, I think he's worn a leather jacket sometimes. Like, he's just very, like, calling people, like, whores and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. I'm I'm over that. Like, that doesn't work for me. That's, like, like we get back, like, it doesn't really work as well. It's just, like, it's just go away for me, but yeah. like, um, I do like how Scorpio Sky. I think their gimmick now, like, and Rampage is like they've taken away the open challenge aspect of the TNT belt, which mm. it's an interesting dynamic to do, like, just change it up a little bit. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was all. It was all fine, and you know the fucking, uh, uh, you know the Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti dynamic. Like, I think they're both better by themselves. Yeah, I hope. I mean, good luck on those crazy kids. Like, yeah, like they, they're way too. I don't need them to be horny like that horny on. Uh. Yeah, it like um, yeah, it's weird. So like, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Uh, yeah, except in as much as like, um, you know, you could um, should uh, like like do you want to be a heel like functionally? You know what I mean? Yeah, and if you don't want to be a heel, then you don't need to be doing what you're doing if yeah. you want to be a heel then like you know yeah yeah it's the problem with sammy is like he wrestles like a face but he wants to act like a heel like he i think he just has like his like he has a punchable face but he's, he's really good at wrestling like a face it's like it's a weird dynamic with him ty's better she's a she's a good face like but she's like yeah it's just yeah yeah I'll see where it goes. Like again, like AEW has such a good bar of quality that I'm not like if they misstep on some things, I'm not gonna like be that torn up about it because yeah. they usually act good. Not but, everything hits like yeah. Nothing. No one hits bats one thousand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially, but I wish AEW uh, bad a thousand or closer to a thousand with the women's division because I think they, that's one of their biggest glaring. Like, yeah, and I don't, I don't entirely get why they're spinning their wheels. I don't think that it's necessarily like poorly booked. Yeah. Um, I, you know, sometimes I wonder if it's just by comparison, like how big the women stars are in WWE. You know, like yeah. uh, you know, it, it's it's because because you're always going to compare them, and mm-hmm. um, it just seems like even they don't feel like they're treated as stars in the same. Yeah, way, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Because like, they don't get that many matches. Like, they that's another thing. Like, AEW needs to like really break out of their mold. I think the structure a little bit where they like they stick with women women's match. I think they have been doing more segments because like, like you have the Ty Conti Patreon send thing. Then you have the Red Velvet versus Legit Leia Hirsch, which they're I was I was surprised they're like really leaning into her being from Moscow, Russia now. Like I did, I thought that was like a weird like I. I'm surprised she didn't even get heat that much heat from it either. I mean, it's a heatless feud to begin with because it began with like Chris Stantlander saying, "Oh, I, no wonder your parents left you for a, like an orphanage or something like yeah, that." Yeah, like, yeah. It's like it, that didn't help at all. Um, yeah, like um, 
Yeah, plus the match was itself was fine, but like it ended with a de like a fucked finish where she just hits her with the turn. I, I'm glad she uses a turnbuckle because it seems like such a more realistic weapon to use in a wrestling ring than like a kendo stick. Just using a turnbuckle, which you makes sense why it's down there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's uh, Christine Lander. Her look looks nice. Um, yeah. And I think after that was the really fucked uh, Thunder Rosa. It might have been earlier. The Thunder Rosa promo. I'm. I was really disappointed how they did this with Vicky Guerrero coming out immediately. I'm really tired of Vicky Guerrero. Yeah. Uh, Nyla Rose does not need her. I think a lot of people are saying this that Nyla is a really good talker. Being I've watched. She's a class A, class S uh, shit poster on Twitter. She's really good. Like, she has a good person. She doesn't need that person. She doesn't need someone to help talk for her. It's like yeah. where Jade is now with... I can see with Jade that she's starting to, like, push Mark Sterling around where she's, like, starting to push herself more in front to be more confident talking more. And she doesn't really need the manager anymore to do stuff. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Nyla doesn't... And we don't need a weird, like... Red Wing, like, it just, like, it feels very, like, I don't know, like, Vicky, like, I, that's not, like, the excuse me stuff is just great to my ears, I'm like, I know that's the point, but it's, like, it doesn't work, it didn't really, it worked in WWE for that period of time, and I don't know, like, how she's kept the career of, well, if, I think she's Vicky Guerrero, that makes sense, but, like, yeah, I just, I'm just, just, like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thunder Rose is a good, like, baby. You should really be... I know you want to really build a challenger fast, and you need to, like, legitimize Thunder Rosa, who's kind of had, like, the Britt Baker feud. She's kind of had some ropey matches. Like, it seems like she's injured a little bit. I hope she has a really good match with Nyla. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, really legit. I know you have to do it quickly, but it's just... It could have been done better. It could have been, like... Like, I think they do a lot of backstage... They do a lot of the same backstage segments where they just beat each other. Like, someone beats interrupts another person. It just, uh... Yeah, it could be done better. And then, yeah. yeah. And then the uh, main event was uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia of the Jericho Appreciation Society, which... that I, that's a, I, I love that fucking name just because it's like... It can never be a cool name. Like the inner circle, you can make it cool at some point if they turn yeah. face. You can never make the Jericho Appreciation Society cool. Um, I love. I can't. I won't call him. I'll call him Matt. Least uh, he his drip with his white jacket coming in, like his face impressions. Like he's just he plays the '80s coked out wrestler without the coke. He just like is so in like his eyes bulging, like his expressions, and like he he's like the perfect pro. I love that. God, that, that crazy Quebec guy. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. he's just like, um, I hope they like start, like, I wanted them to like really fuck with the tempo of uh, Judas so they can stop like singing. Like they can like really fuck the crowd trying to sing along with the song. Yeah. 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 You've got to do something because like, and, and you know, they'll get there. Um, yeah. I think because, you know, that's, this is, this is one way that they, yeah. they can is by making Jericho. Yeah, I think like Matt Lee brings it up about like, or Daddy Magic brings it up about like, yelling at the crowd for singing, like how grateful they should be that I was singing. Like, um, I thought the main event was good. I mean, I shout like I have to give my co-host CB. Like, I know he's so bummed out with the Dark Order. He's he's the Dark Order mark of our podcast, and okay. they just they keep they can only win on dark. 
they it looks like they're starting like some few like at least Cole, um, Stu, and Evil Una are doing something with the Dark Order, which is cool because they haven't done like I've of the people in the Dark Order like Evil Uno and Stu haven't really done much in a while, and it'd be yeah. nice to have a feud with them. Um, I always love John. Like John Silver is one of the best hot tag guys in the company and probably in the world. Like he has like an amazing like hot tag. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was just a good, solid match. Uh, mm-hmm. I love how much like Chris Jericho looks healthier than he's looked. In. Yeah, he looked. He leaned down for Eddie Kingston, which I, I think that's. We were really down early on in this podcast. I said this um, podcast history. We're on episode eight, but like we were really tired by Jer- Jericho by the time Eddie Kingston matches would happen, and I was ready for him like to lose and just leave for a few months. But like he he got in good shape and he's like looking. Like, he's revitalized. He looks like he cares a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I love John Silver doing the uh, come on, baby, like, flexing pin that Jericho yeah. would always do. That would always spam in one of the WWE games when I faced my brother just doing that pin. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a solid match. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping the Jericho Appreciation Society would keep bringing it up, if they, doing more WWE-isms. I hope like they have to watch. You'll see a scene of them watching the match with interest, and they'll just do that weird WWE angle of watching a TV at the weirdest angle possible. Yeah. <laughs> like I hope that happens at some point. Um, yeah, and like I do, like I was watching Rampage, and I, I'm bummed. Jericho was on it. I'm bummed that he's still doing like he's, he's commentating the same exact way, where he's like a tweener. I, mean, I feel like you don't have him on the show to commentate or just like he should be playing up being a heel I guess a little bit more he should like he should be changing it up a little bit not doing his like getting like I think he likes to look cool if his uh like he, wa- he wants to like I just don't like Chris Jericho on commentary also like I think he's yeah doing... I think he, yeah I think he's I think he's better cutting promos and yeah like Taz Excalibur it was just Taz Excalibur uh man Tony Schiavone, that's a perfect pod. Like that's a, I say a podcast, but it's like a perfect. It would be a perfect podcast because dark exists, and that's what people joke is. It's just the Excalibur Taz podcast. If you just yeah. turn off the, there, I'm really happy Taz became like a good commentator guy. That's what I love. I think he always got like kind of a bad rap. Like um, yeah, people were the material he was given was not helping him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like who the fuck does look good in WWE on commentary? Not he was also on TNA, too. Yeah, but, you know, I didn't think he was particularly bad in TNA, right? Like, he kind of got um, goofy there for a bit. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I think there's just moments that he got famous for, like, the Let the Pigeons Loose. Yeah. <laughs> was a famous one. Um, my, I mean, my favorite, I mean, I always liked him in the WWE games. Like, I always like that was, like, when I really liked commentating WWE for the video games, like, 2006. Yeah. But uh, my favorite moment is still um, him. I, I never watched it live, but I saw a clip of it, him just uh, playing Final Fantasy X and just mm. saying, hey, it's Yuna. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, yeah. But um, yeah, it was Dynamite. Um, again, I would say overall, good show. Yeah, very good yeah. show. Yeah, dips in quality. Like, there's always going to be dips. It's, it's, it's a consistently good show. It's like NXT was for me. It's like... That's why I got really AEW. It was like it was scratching the same itch I was getting with NXT in that like really good golden period from when it was like, um, well, NXT uh, Redemption. I, I have a soft spot for that's like a cult favorite of mine. Uh, that really weird last season of the the competition part of NXT 
where they just gave up on the whole competition aspect and it became like weird like pre-show for SmackDown where they were just yeah. doing weird bits. Um, and then there was just like NXT, the FCW stuff. I was watching FCW on like Daily Motion a lot. Like that was starting to fall in NXT. And then I think I would end it like probably with the Gargano Ciampa match. Even though I do like a bunch of other stuff after it, but like it really ended after that one like no like unsanctioned match ended perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, it AEW. That's why I love AEW. I love that. I love that I'm gonna go to the show with my brother on 420. Um, I joke about it. I don't like the, I'm most boring person alive. I just can say that. <laughs> um, and I'm also really ha- hyped that we're going to like the podcast is going to double or nothing. We're going to go up to Vegas to go see it. Meet my co-host on the West Coast. Bring Austin with me. Hang out in Vegas for a while. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, it'll be nice. And um, yeah, thanks uh, a lot, Ian. I know it's uh, yeah. hour 16. It was, uh, we had one little interruption with the phone, which maybe I'll edit. Maybe I won't. No, just leave it in. It's- yeah, leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah, leave it in. Leave it in, too. Like, you don't need to take it out. Um, is there anything you want to like, plug any work or um, just a student right now? So Yeah, I mean, when I write, it's like boring theoretical stuff that you have to pay like uh you know lots of money or have access to a library to do it anyway oh um, yeah uh i still i still get out in public sometimes you can find me on twitter um at uh brock underscore tune uh which is spelled exactly how it sounds and yeah. um yeah come by and say hey we'll, yeah, we'll put it on the show notes i hope we have you back maybe talk about labor stuff too that would be kind yeah of topic yeah hit me up i got started yeah. in digital labor before yeah. about her wrestling inexplicably so yeah <laughs> yeah and i want to give more shouts to like um june martin who designed our new logo for comrade june uh she did a really good job thank you for bearing with me to ask oh you need to change this you need to change that it was well worth it yeah. <laughs> um and then like i'll put in the show notes i'll put your inform like your twitter stuff sure. i'll also put our uh the uh, national network for abortion funds. Uh, we're doing our doing a fundathon. We're really I'm doing it for the Pittsburgh chapter, BSA chapter. We're going to do it. Um, if you want to shout out on the podcast, you just donate any money to it. Maybe I'll get more prizes. Maybe I'll make a poster of the new artwork, and that'll be a prize. But um, yeah, I'll make push. I'll keep pushing that up for people to check. Um, yeah, and I hope this is a it's a nice change of pace doing this show, just one on one. It might be nice to break it up every once in a while, just have a different person on instead of just doing the full crew or half the full crew. But um, yeah, right on. I hope uh, everyone has. Uh, I always I always figure out how to end it because I was like, oh, someone listening to day, the night, morning, I don't know. But um, yeah, everyone have a good day. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks. <laughs>